Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. College football is officially back for real and fall is in the air. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. a humbled Oregon fan. And with me, as usually always, is AJ... SEC is on the cusp of irrelevance, Marchese. Uh, 100% agree, and thanks for having me back, Rob. Today we begin our in-season show, which you, as loyal listeners know, follows the format of hitting our weekly NFL draft superlatives with the prospects who cut our eyes, and then we'll look ahead to next week's matchups. Let's hit it! Seven rounds in heaven with my baby going out! To Vegas, maybe, looking for a young or a 2-0. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. My goodness, college football's back for real. And let me tell you, I woke up... Uh, 7 a.m. on the Saturday, mm-hmm. got in my workout, got home in time for the start of game day, and spent from 9 a.m. till about 1 a.m. in the same spot. I think the difference Alone. between me, yeah, I think the difference between me and you is I don't think I've ever seen the beginning of college game day in my life. I love college game day. Last year, it was for me. It would be like I would work out. And catch the end of game day. This year, it's all about seeing all three hours. 
It, it, I love it. Drags it. On. it drags no, on. No, I honestly think there nothing competes with College Game Day. It's the best, like that style show done, and it's not close. And no. every week's a home run, except Lee Corso's losing his mind like really fast. I know. I love him though. Uh, the, the last hour I watch, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, and if they get a good celebrity picker, they had Bo Jackson this past week, which is obviously they, a good one. When don't they get good celebrity? Uh, when they have the chain the, smokers. No, give me more chain smokers. Last year that was so funny. They had the chain smokers, and Lee Corso didn't understand who they were, and you could tell they don't watch football, and I have no idea why they were there. Yeah, but they had him like twice now, and like Lee Lee met them before, and he he knew the name of their song, but he got it wrong. Closure. He said instead? I th- is it because they do, like, one of the college football songs? Is that why they're, they're from Colorado? There? They went to Colorado, too, or something? I don't know. Yeah, and they're the best option to talk about college football from the state of Colorado. This is already get too Cordell much chain Stewart on. Come on. Retweet. Yeah, retweet. Okay, yeah, that's too much chain smoker stock. But you know us. We always end up on the chain smoker, too. At seven Wait, hold on. Can a, can a weekly segment be talking about the celebrity kiss? I'm, I kid you not. I'm making that, I'm writing that down. Talk about ESPN game mm-hmm. day celebrity picker. And we'll grade them. We'll, we'll, we'll grade them. Yeah, well, exactly. So it was Bo this past week. I don't mm-hmm. know how his picks did. Don't really care. He was great. I'm sure he took Auburn, so that's 1-0, Rob. I forget whose jersey he was wearing, but it wasn't his own, which I thought was respectful. <laughs> might have been. Oh, was, he was wearing Bo Nick's jersey. Because Bo Nix is named after him. Yeah. Okay, that's, Speaking that's of Bo Nix, who is the best freshman you saw this week, AJ? <laughs> yeah, uh, not Bo Nix, Rob. I'm uh, I'm keeping with the quarterback position though. I'm with Hank. Don't call me Bear. Don't call me Ty- Lion. Don't call no, me. Come on, Tiger and Bach. Come on, respect Tiger for the Bachmeyers. Bachmeyer family. Like that's such Hank. a strong last name too. Hank, like I think I said this when uh, when we were talking football on Saturday, I said Hank Bachmeyer sounds like he should have been a Vikings quarterback in the '60s. Correct. Uh, yeah, for me, I just went with freshman QBs in general, but mm-hmm. obviously Hank Bachmeyer upset Florida State. I put that game on, and by halftime, I was unsure if I would switch to a different game because it looked like Florida State was going to run them off uh, off the field, and then yeah. Bach- 31-19 at the half. Bachmeyer magic came to life. He had uh, he looked like a more mobile Kellen Moore. You're gonna say it? He uh, what? You said it, man. Oh that's yeah, a, that's a that's a big same size three star. Come on, the B- yeah. Bachmeyer magic is back. Also, other freshman QB, Sam Howell from North Carolina is a hell of a lot of fun. Him and Mac Brown mm-hmm. upset South Carolina. Um. He, he, like, his mobility, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm biased because I've been on the Howell train since uh, his, before his senior year of high school because I watched Elite 11. And Mm -hmm. his mobility and just, I got, when I watched him at Elite 11, it reminded, I don't know why I'm so plugged into high school quarterback shows, but it reminded me a lot of Jake Fromm from when he was on QB1 Beyond the Lights. Um, Okay. (laughs) That's a. It's a very specific. Yeah, so I'm all in on Howl Madness. You're I'm howling howl for Howler. There, oh, fuck. You be, I don't know. We'll call that one a tie, Rob. I also threw down Bo Nix's name just because he was so horrible against Oregon. Like Bo Nix might have been the worst quarterback I saw this weekend, <laughs> but he somehow upset Oregon and threw the game-winning touchdown with seconds left, which was not a good throw. And like Bo Nix. I've never seen a QB seem so shell shocked 
and just forcing everything and throwing across his body constantly and he put no zip on the ball. I mean, he threw two picks and under uh, at forty one point nine percent completion. But he won the game. You know, he won the game. That's all that matters. He's seen big Auburn games before. He shouldn't have been any shell shocked, Rob. Yeah, fair. And then one more freshman QB. He played against Kent State, so he didn't get the hype. But Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State QB, he was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, I looked up all four of their high school numbers, and high school football is ridiculous. Jaden Daniels had like seventy five touchdowns as a senior. And all of them threw for at least, like, 45 touchdowns and ran for 1,000 yards and 15 more. Like, I'm not That's kidding. Silly. That's silly. Yeah. So, hey, high school football, do better. Uh, okay, who's the best sophomore you saw this week? Uh, I don't want Justin Fields sticking with the quarterback uh, train, Rob. Justin Fields is – I wrote down two names. I felt cheap taking Justin Fields. I know. But you know what? I went with him because – there wasn't enough uh, love for him entering his first season at Ohio State, I think. You know, a little – people have been down on the old uh, Buckeyes, and he came out hammered for you. So. He, okay, he looked perfect in Ryan Day's system. Mm-hmm. And it was – he had the 51-yard touchdown run. They were cooking mm-hmm. early. They kind of – it slowed down in the second half. But Fields is – his arm is live. His mobility is impressive. Hey, did Georgia take the wrong QB? Maybe. Um <laughs> But, no, I think Fields is going to – I don't think it's going to be like this every week, obviously, and there's yeah. going to be some bumps. And you could tell, especially in the second half, he he struggled a little bit more. But uh, he's going to put up huge numbers in this system. He looks like a, a future NFL quarterback. I'll say it. Uh, but the other sophomore I wrote down was kind of like the one guy on Oregon who was exciting the entirety of the game, and that is safety Javon Holland, who at first – I wasn't sure exactly who he was because he's a true sophomore, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm a fake Oregon fan. Um, but just <laughs> kept it. ripping off massive punt returns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he, he ended up averaging 43.7 a punt return on three punt returns. All three of them were big rips. He he was It was awesome. And then he had a sick interception later in the game. Pick. And he yeah. just looks like a future NFL safety. No, he looked. Uh, I, again, I worked all day, so I saw the highlights only of, of some games. Uh, looked good, though, Rob. Yeah, he he looks like a future dude. <laughs> future dude. All right, <laughs> now done with the non-eligibles. That's what we call them where I'm from, the nonies. Um, and onto the eligibles. We've added a new superlative this year, and I'm sure what? you loyal listeners remember them all. <laughs> So like the if imagine if, imagine caring about that. Yeah. What do you mean? And <laughs> I don't even care about this it. year we've added because it won the contest that we ran, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And the Patreon voters that we don't the mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. Uh, the phone lines were buzzing. This is we're the calling it for the contest. Podcast comedy is so strong. It's so stupid. Uh yeah. the weekday warrior superlative. Whoa. I like it. Which, I'm always a fan of Thursday night college. Football. I thought it was self explanatory, but when I sent it to AJ, AJ asked, What exactly is a weekday warrior? So Look, I, I I didn't want to assume anything, Rob. I thought maybe that's a guy that looked good in practice and you had some sort of practice tape going. I, I don't uh I don't try to knock your prowess at it's all, Rob. I, I have insiders at every campus, so I know about the practices. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So weekday warrior goes to the guy who plays on a weekday. But now, some of you might be thinking, "Hey, is Rob adding this just so he can talk about Maction prospects later in the year?" Mm-hmm. The answer is mm-hmm. yes. 
and that's a good good reason to do so. But unfortunately, Maction hasn't started yet. Uh, we only had games from Thursdays and Fridays, not random Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay. Hey, before we get into this, uh, there's going to be a hot debate. I knew it was going to come up at some point, so I want to bring it up right away. Smart. Is Friday night really the weekday, or is it not the weekend or up? Don't ask questions <laughs> like that to me. I'm like the last person who can handle that right now. I'm not sure, but we'll count it for football reasons. Okay. It would be kind of funnier if we didn't, so just made it, the choices even less possible. <laughs> but I noticed in week two, the only weekday games are on Friday. But yeah, then, uh, no, but then, oh, wait, never mind. I didn't want to bastardize it, so I chose a Thursday night player. Smart. Who'd you go with? Travis Etienne from the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, the, the problem with uh, the weekday Warrior Award is, like, you there, there was some poor matchups on the weekdays that involved mm-hmm. powerhouses and not so much powerhouses, like Clemson, hey, speak, Georgia Tech. Speaking of, uh, Clemson made Georgia Tech look like Georgia State against an SEC team. Oh, wait. Nice. Nice dig. I know you wrote that yeah. one down. Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> I avoided Clemson players, but my, my number one weekday warrior was Zach Moss, the Utah running back, mm-hmm. in the Good holy choice. war against BYU. Uh, coming off the knee injury last year, had he gone pro, I think he would have been one of the five running backs, one of like a top five running back. I think he probably would have gone in the second round. I was a big Zach Moss guy last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out, ran for a buck eighty-seven in a score, and his contact balance looked great. The knee looked healthy. He was explosive, just yeah. ripping off inside run chunk runs. Um, yeah, Zach Moss looks like a future NFL bell cow, and I think he's clearly the best senior running back in the country. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. Like, he looked explosive, like you said, contact balance, breaking tackles. Uh, best player on that team. The team's supposed to be really good, so. Um, although I do think they are overrated. But, yeah, so Ma- Moss currently my number three running back, which I'm pretty sure is quite high compared to some people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Moss a lot. I think I've given him a fourth-round grade, but, like, that's summer, and I can't I can't go much higher on a running back in the summer. Uh, because you hate the position. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. more weekday warriors. Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back, uh, mm-hmm. against South Florida. The The biggest thing about his performance against South Florida, to me, was his involvement as a pass catcher. That was something we hadn't seen him do much of his first two years at Wisconsin. Uh, and he got two balls for 48 and ripped them off for touchdowns, both of them. Mm-hmm. So he ended up with four touchdowns, uh, over 130 rushing. His Heisman campaigns for real if Wisconsin can stay relevant, I think. Because... He's going to be a 2,000-ish yard running back. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, going to put up massive numbers. And then a uh, friend of the show, Sage Surratt, Wake Forest receiver, 158 in a score against Utah State. The touchdown, he looked so explosive. And then later in the game, uh, to basically win the game, he ripped mm-hmm. off a massive game that was originally ruled a touchdown and then um, reversed to being down on the one. But ultimately, that play basically one week for us the game and he's just a height weight speed guy just a redshirt sophomore and i think so much potential there how close was jordan love to being a weekday warrior rob not very uh one more weekday warrior though josiah deguara the cincinnati tight end against ucla 53 yards and a score and the thing is the cincinnati oc used to be the Notre Dame tight end coach, so he's dealt with a lot of good NFL tight ends. And he was getting Duaguara involved, and Duaguara was a willing blocker. And I even saw Jim Nagy tweeting about him and being a senior bowl watch list guy. So I think that's just in a pretty wide-open tight end class a guy to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. All right. I wish we could do weekday warrior all day, every day. But moving on, who is the best prospect you saw this week? Uh, I kept it pretty simple. I went with Tua. Good choice. Yeah. Um, I almost wanted to slash it with Judy, but I didn't want to bastardize it, Rob. Oh. So I went to Tua. Is this just shots at me because I have like four answers for every question now? No. See, I thought you would shame me if I didn't just give one name. So. Oh. Okay, I, probably, the, I probably would have. Yeah, I know. You, I think you're a fucking hypocrite for sure. I'll go with the, the passing combo of Tua and Jerry. Yeah, smart, because that's my my two top two. Ju- <laughs> yeah. Judy is a human joystick after the catch. Mm-hmm. Multiple times against Duke. It's just, like, even if, if, if there was this one where I think he ran a hitch, and then yeah. he, he just bounced off the defender, and they kind of cut backwards. And I ended yeah. up picking first down, up a first down because if he went down where he was initially catching the ball, it would have been like a seven-year gain. He cut back. He just His yak ability and his ability to mm-hmm. make hard cuts is so rare for a receiver. Um, it is. He was unstoppable. And like you said, Tua just was so comfortable. In a weekend where we saw a lot of the top QBs look uncomfortable and yeah. inconsistent, Tua just – his natural instincts as a passer and his anticipation mm-hmm. – um, it just feels like there's no way he's not the number one pick come April. I know yeah, unless, this was all against Duke, but at the same time, hey, Alabama couldn't score in the first quarter. It was a game right. in the first quarter. <laughs> you know, what? I, I I know that we're going to have this conversation for the next eight months, but it's, I think it's going to be hard for a team to say no to, to a, he's, as a number one He's pick. got that it factor, and I will he's, say it doesn't seem like Justin Herbert and Jordan Love have that it factor right now, mm-hmm. at least. Like I think Herbert's the more uh, like elite physically. Yes, obviously. But uh, again, like you said, they have factor in being at Alabama and being in the big moments constantly. I think two is just more pro ready. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And, and just like even like Trent Dilfer has been banging the table for Tua since he was at Elite Eleven. Yes, I love Elite yeah. Eleven. Um, and just his ability, like he's treated the game like he's a pro since he was in like the eleventh grade. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. been preparing for this his whole life. Um, two more guys. Chase Young of Ohio State. Uh, just He is such a physical specimen. Yeah. He had a six-swipe move where he ended up with a sack and a couple pressures, another half sack against FAU. They just couldn't block him. He's so powerful at the point. He he reminds me a lot of Jadevian Clowney, where he's just yeah. so much upside. Uh, and then kind of a sneakier one. Stanford corner Paulson Adebo. Uh, the Northwestern Stanford game was really horrible, but I watched the entire game. Um, Adebo just he, his instincts and ball skills and length and explosion. He's just he's to me he's a complete corner. I know um, kind of people are all over the place on him right now, but I have a hard time seeing him not being considered a consensus top twenty prospect. Yeah, no, I know. Like we both loved him during the Pac-12 uh, episode we did, and and uh, another huge bonus with him is his willingness as a tackler Sh- yeah, shows up every week. Sure. And like, mm-hmm. there's going to be questions with some of the top corners in this class when it comes to that, and there won't be with him. Uh, yeah, for sure. Anyone? Else? You? That's that's everyone the, for your that, Yeah, that's for best. Moving on to shooting up the board, where I've got fifty people. See, for me, it's too early. I, I got to say it. So you just no have nobody? <laughs> I'm no not physically moving them up the board. That's not what it means. It's not like I watched a game on Saturday 
and was like, well, now this guy's going from 50 to 1. Rob, it's I like, sit down, watch the tape, no I, one's the, moving up my board. The shooting of the board list is generally, for me, not actually have anything to do with moving them up in the moment. It's more about, I've got to go back the, to the tape, the or they're, 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 they've taken a step this, this season, mm-hmm. um, past what they did on, on the summer tape, which would have been the previous season. Or, like, they're coming off an injury and they look completely healthy. There's three guys on my list who fall in that category. Or they transferred and they haven't played in a while. Things like that. So, for me, uh, I'm a different person, Rob. You know that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just waiting to see what they got. I just see make me look got. bad. No, what do you mean? You're not looking or bad. Or I did the work and someone else didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about some people then. Uh, here's a guy that you... Uh, I believe banged the table for in the in the Big Ten show. Uh, Kenny Willickies from Michigan State, the yeah, edge rusher. I, I did bang the table for Kenny Willickies. Yeah, Willickies broke his leg in the bowl game. There was speculation that he might have turned pro had that not happened. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's back as a senior at Michigan State. He looked better than before. Like, he looks more explosive this year. I mean, given it was against Tulsa. But, yeah, two fumble recoveries, scored a touchdown, two TFLs yeah. and a sack. He, they couldn't block him. But, National Defense Player of the Week, I believe. Yeah, I think so. He just he he's very complete in terms of his ability um, to win with his hands, to win with power. He looks more flexible this year, and you saw a little bit more mm. bend out of him. Yeah. Um, and, and his ability as a run defender, he to me, like he, I think we've mentioned this before. He seems like this year's Chase Winovich. Yeah, I think I think he's going to just go on day two and be a very productive edge player for a long time. I think the difference between him and Winovich is Winovich is a better athlete, but I think Willicke is yeah. a more complete, more powerful player, can anchor uh, down a little more against the run. I, I agree. Like uh, Willicke's, I think we said this when we did the Big Ten, I think he's better against the run than Chase, and like better at shedding blocks, too. Yeah. Winovich was more of like a, you know, use his athleticism, like find the ball carrier and, you know, make a play. Yeah. Where Willicke's like, Shed a block and fill the hole yeah. and make a play. Uh, he seems like the dude, like, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl and he's just going to wreck it. <laughs> yeah. I agree. A guy every draft Twitter and football person will love. Uh, yeah. Another guy coming off an injury and happens to be Stefan Diggs' brother, Trevon Diggs, the Alabama mm-hmm. corner. He looked great against Duke. Uh, he had an interception where he mirrored the receiver perfectly and then uh, located the ball and high pointed and it just looked like he was the receiver. He ran the route for the receiver and found the ball. It was a wonderful interception. Uh, there could be like six corners taken in the first round. It's a yeah, it's a lot of high end talent this year already. Um, Except for CJ Henderson, but yeah, God, I, I, CJ Henderson seems like the guy. Just I know this is a bit of a tangent, but he struggled against Miami. There's no question yeah, about yeah. that. Uh, and there's tons of questions about his physicality and willingness as a blocker or as a run mm-hmm. defender and like uh, ability playing press and whatnot. And he just seems like the guy who's just going to continue to slide, especially when a lot of these other corners are going to flash big time potentially each week, like digs like a Debo. Um, and I, I, I kind of equated it to Greedy Williams last year, where it was like Greedy yeah. Williams started the year as this. This guy's going top ten. There's so many physical gifts, but then yeah, he's obviously the best corner in the class. Blah blah. And then uh, obviously he fell in the second round. That had a lot to do with his willingness as a tackler and his effort and all mm-hmm. that. And I feel yeah. like Henderson falls into a similar situation where it's he's long. He's so physically gifted, but it just there's a clear worry about willingness as a tackler. It's the Florida program. You can't trust those corners. Wow. 
Wow. Florida's so overrated, by the way. I don't want to get into this, though. It, like, this year in general? This year, this year. Oh, right okay. Now. Fair. Well, and also, like, I mean, the past. Like, Felipe Frank's a bad quarterback. Talk yeah, I don't want to On last week's episode. Yeah, he's bad. Uh, another Alabama defender coming off an injury, Terrell Lewis, who mm-hmm. has rarely been healthy in his career at Alabama. But he's shooting up the board because he looked like a freak against Duke. Um, had a couple pressures, had a sack. His explosiveness on the sack was insane. He's played four games over the last two or five games now, I guess, over the last two years. Like, he has yeah. not been, or three years, I should say. He has not been healthy. But the length and explosiveness, he looks like he's got all the tools to be considered a first-round edge rusher. He just needs to yeah. be healthy. No, that's always been the thing with Lewis. And right? there's, yeah, I, there's I think... been people who, like, around the Alabama program, they've said yeah. it, that he's got yeah. more talent than, like, anybody. And obviously, Anthony Jennings is a potential day two edge on the team. And it's just like, yeah. this guy is so much longer and more athletic. And that's not a knock on Jennings. It's more of just a praise of how good Lewis could be. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, One, two more guys. Sorry, two more guys shooting for it. Kenneth Murray, the Oklahoma linebacker. Hey, yeah. All of yeah, really. The Houston defense started hot. Or, sorry, the Oklahoma defense started yeah. hot against Houston with Alex yeah. Grinch obviously taking over his D.C. They kind of stumbled down down the stretch. But Murray was everywhere. From the start, too, from the opening snap. His closing speed. Yeah. Like, he he was making Derrick King sweat under pressure because of yeah. how, how explosive he was closing. Everywhere, making every tackle, it felt like. Him and Neville Gallimore both looked really good for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. got the tools to be a good defense, I think. They do. Grinch. But yeah, Ken- no, I think so too. Kenneth Murray. This linebacker class can be really interesting. Uh, and then, out of uh, out of the Pac-12, a transfer from Georgia. We already talked about one. Here's the other. Jacob Eason, Washington's QB. I know it was against Eastern Washington, yeah. but it's the first meaningful football he's played in like two years. And through four touchdowns, was slinging the rock. The ball, it just jumps out of his hand. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so much physical upside with Jacob Eason. I was, I mean, my blue chew was working. We'll call it that. <laughs> I think we can throw Aaron Fuller's name in here, too, just to go along with Jacob Eason. Yeah, Fuller had two phenomenal two touchdown catches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuller's a guy who's going to be like the fifth, no. 12th to 15th receiver selected and just instantly be an impact player in the NFL? Uh, I, it feels like that. Because the, yeah. the, the the receiver class is just so talented. And Fuller just slept on. He is a His body control, I know he's not the biggest or most athletic, most athletic guy, but body control mm-hmm. and nerve running. And that usually equates to early NFL success. Reminds me of Sterling Shepard, actually. That's a that's an interesting comp. And uh, I, I was a big Sterling Shepard fan. I still am, but I like that. Yeah, Washington, uh, Washington football, fun again. Because of Jacob Eason. If Washington State's QB, that random redshirt senior, yeah, he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, like 40 <laughs> touchdowns. GC, he, wanna... he completed his first 23 passes. That's nuts. I want to get but I mean, can't complain. Yeah. Uh, this guy's been in the program. I love Mike Leach. Sorry. Uh, okay. I know you don't believe in shooting up the board. You believe in sliding down the board. I got a, I got a deep cut of a name. Uh-oh. Because I kind of liked him. And, uh... Not the greatest first game, but his quarterback went down. With Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver for USC. Well, that's an interesting one. There's some hype six, around him. Yeah, six catches? How many yards, Rob? 69? I don't know. 
28. <laughs> and, like, you know, Pittman's the, the bigger guy, and, I mean, questions of speed and stuff like that. So he's only producing like that. Not great. And Taylor Vaughn's looked pretty solid from what I saw. Yeah, Vaughn's Von, was kind of the go-to guy. Yeah, he was. He had a statistically look good and, like, uh, on the field look good, too. Uh, okay. I'm gonna, I got two QBs, but I have a, a receiver as well. I'll start with the receiver, then we can really go in on these quarterbacks. Uh, Brian Edwards, the South Carolina receiver. Mm, yeah. um, South Carolina really struggled with North Carolina. Obviously, they lost. Jake Bentley looked terrible and then got injured. Edwards had just one grab for seven yards. He had a drop. He just didn't really separate very frequently. I know he makes some contested catch highlight reel plays, but... There's going to be athleticism questions um, and just his overall yeah. inconsistency with his hands. Uh, he's a guy who I, I like two years ago had like borderline first round talk and like uh, yeah I know. and now I, I liked him last summer and a lot. now I, he struggled a lot last year especially when Debo yeah. took like Debo uh, had the bigger way bigger spotlight um, yeah. and now I just feel like Edwards is going to kind of get lost in this class. Mm, no, that's true because it's a hell of a deep class. And, and now they got true freshman Ryan Holinsky at QB. Yeah, that's a, speaking of uh, sliding on the board, Jake Bentley. Yeah, done. I remember uh, not last year, but the year before. I thought Jake Bentley had. I was like, I could see this guy making some. And he just never got better. No, I know. I felt the same way. I thought he was always interesting from the start, and just yeah, yeah. tough as hell though. Like, yeah, looks like a freshman still. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, the quarterbacks I mentioned. Sliding down the board kind of in quotations. But both Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, I don't think, had the debuts they were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but Okay, both, like, they weren't terrible. Neither of them were terrible. Both of them flashed why they were considered first-round potential NFL quarterbacks. Both yeah. also made similar mistakes and struggle with similar things that they did the previous year uh yeah. which is why they're on this list for me uh i'll start with uh let's start with jordan love because he played on a weekday um love put up huge numbers and it looked like they were gonna kind of walk through wake forest at one point love mm-hmm. opened up hot the ball just jumps out of his hand he throws lasers and his footwork and all the physical tools are there with jordan love yeah not and sure. he looks beautiful as a quarterback. But uh, under pressure, his footwork yeah. can kind of get lost in it. He forced one up off his back foot uh, in the reds, or more like within inside the 10 early for mm-hmm. one of his interceptions. Um, and the mental processing led to some issues. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing with him is the mental side of the game. It felt a lot like last year's week one game for them against Michigan State. Where it's just so... And it's funny because that game, the takeaway was, yo, this guy's an NFL prospect. Yeah, but again, like, you know, he threw the late pick and some just bad decision making. Um, He he needs to not... Like, he ended up throwing three picks and they they lost a wake, obviously. Um, He just seems like a guy who's... The first round tools are clearly there, but he's not going to yeah. be ready to play right away, unless yeah. he can I, can clean these things up. Yes, for sure. I I'm still very high on Jordan Love. Though. Yeah, you know me too. Like when I say sliding, like he's not actually. I hey, I had a mock draft just come out and I had him go seventh to the Raiders. You did. I saw that. Um, yeah, it's more of just like a disappointing first game, really. Um, and then Justin Herbert, similar in the. 
Yeah. Like in the first half, he flashed a lot of potential. He made some great great ball placement throws. Was moving uh, Oregon up and down. Auburn should have been up twenty eight three on Auburn. A couple of mistakes. Uh, there was a fumble where he pulled the ball too early and it it bounced off Rudolph. Um, but ultimately, like it looked like he was gonna walk through Auburn, and then the second mm-hmm. half, it just the inconsistencies, the kind of it felt like there was not not a lot of urgency at times. Um, yeah. Obviously, the hail mary he just threw ten yards through the back of the end zone for some reason. <laughs> that I can't explain. Kid. I uh, that that there are people very upset about that. I'm not nearly as upset, but you think there'd be a little bit more touch on that ball to kind of give your guys a mm-hmm. chance. I don't know why it came out that way. It's hard to explain. But yeah. um, the other thing, though, with the Herbert performance is his, I think, top four or five pass catchers were out. He had a bunch yep. of scrubs. Uh, so the offense was pretty vanilla. It was a lot of um, inside run and a lot of Verdell, bubble yeah. screens yeah. and inside screens to uh, red. And it was just very not an explosive offensive play calling game. The play calling... Left a lot to be desired, but again, I don't know if that does because of all the receivers being out. And then the mm-hmm. other thing is nobody was getting open. Like the, the yeah. impressive throws he was making, these ball placement throws that I'm talking about, it, yeah, like I know. they they weren't open. I think was it? It might have been Dan Orlovsky watched back and like on the all twenty two said two guys. There was two plays through that game where the receiver was considered open. <laughs> Which is insane, yeah. So, the thing the thing about that is, it's like, yes, he struggled in theory, but how much of it lands on him with the play calling being like that, the receivers yeah. being as awful as they were, and just the oh, chemistry is obviously not what it could be. It's tough to kind of hate on him, other than that Hail Mary. Um, but at the same time, people are kind of g- getting out on him now. And I'm not, I'm, I, I don't get that. That's too early. Yeah. Right? I mean, I heard Bucky and DJ just going in on him. And, like, uh, a lot of the college football people are, like, is are feeling the same way about him that they felt about Josh Allen. Where it's like, if you're a college football writer, a lot of the time they'll be, especially with quarterbacks, they'll be like, why is this guy considered a first-round pick? It happened. Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, guys like that. And Justin mm-hmm. Herbert's now beginning to be kind of put in there. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair either. It's just a, kind of an interesting takeaway. I think Herbert, as the receivers get healthy, I mean, yeah. Juwan Johnson was a late scratch. Uh, I think yeah. calf injury, yeah. which really screwed them. But, like, when he's healthy, when uh, Mike, Michael Pittman's healthy, when Schooler's healthy, yeah. Pittman – sorry, Micah Pittman, not Michael. Michael's Mike, brother. Not, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Micah Pittman, Schooler, whose brother's Arizona's linebacker, Colin Schooler. Uh, Juwan yeah. Johnson um, – uh, Mc, uh, McCormick, the tight end. When these guys start to get healthy, I think we'll see a different Justin Herbert. The offense really just, will just be more open. It was really just Breland and Johnny Johnson that he had. Breland was like barely involved too. And bare, exactly. And jo- Johnny yeah. Johnson, Johnny Johnson was like Red was the go-to guy. Yeah, Johnson's been he's been he's thrown a lot of balls to Johnny Johnson, right? Or am I making that up? Uh. He, 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 no, he went to John. It was like Red and Johnny Johnson, but the offense, especially in the second half, that like inside screen game was all to Red. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. See, quickly, one, more, one last thing on Herbert. I do understand why people can be jumping off the bandwagon here and lumping with the Josh Allen 
way. It's because he's been hyped for so long, and you know, trying to throw him in that like, hey, you see the NFL arm strength and whatnot and tools, but he's not ready as a passer. You know what I mean? But um, again, I disagree. It's funny because um, one of the college football podcasts I listened to even said they're like when he took over that that bad Oregon team as a freshman he mm-hmm. came in and obviously put up big, pretty big numbers and flashed a ton of potential and they were like kind of acting like he's still living off just that yeah I don't, I don't I don't agree with that like I know he's inconsistent but watch the Stanford game last year I know that's yeah. the game no. a lot of people are going to go back to but you just oh, it's a whole body of work and it's you got to take in everything into consideration I think the receivers and the play calling had so much to do with the inconsistencies in this game yeah, also, he's had, what, three head coaches, right? Or f- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, third head coach, and he's a new yeah. OC, like, every year. Yeah, exactly. Okay, who's your out-of-nowhere prospect, if you have uh, one? I don't have one, no. Oh, sick. I, I don't, I don't, nothing can catch me off guard, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I hate you, I can't wait till we get to the prospect who made me look stupid. I think every week last year you said nobody, and then I'd have somebody. Uh, anyway, my, I have someone this week. <laughs> good. My out of nowhere prospect, uh, the Minnesota receiver, Rashad Bateman. Uh, okay, that's, that's, good. that's a good pick. Thanks. Now, I'm not even totally sure he's so out of nowhere if he's eligible. I'm checking right now. but uh, I, I, I don't remember hearing his name. Um, but, I mean, that's also the Johnson. He's getting overshadowed, right? He is not eligible. He's a true sophomore. Oh well, I'm gonna roll with it. No, I, I'll, I'll pull oh, somebody fine. else. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked better than Tyler Johnson. How about yeah, you gonna you gonna shit on Tyler Johnson? No, I love Tyler Johnson. Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, hey, 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 when you're that close to getting scared by South Dakota State, you gotta you gotta turn it on a little more there, Tyler. My out I'm of my, I'm doing my Gopher radio my, character. I don't Go get ahead, it. Sorry. My out of nowhere prospect <laughs> shall yeah. be. Um, Alex Fontenot. Is that how you say it? Fontenot? Yeah, sure. That probably makes more sense. I, I, I don't know. The, That's a Canadian language influence. Yeah. The the Colorado running back. Mm-hmm. He, you have you love you have a big soft spot for Colorado running backs. I do. I hit on Philip Lindsay. That's the only reason they let me do this podcast. Still. <laughs> yeah, both of us. Yeah. Anyways, oh, he's trying ahead. to take credit. We were both in on Phil. Yeah, but we were in way before we should have been. Uh, For no reason. Anyway, yeah. Fontenot, a redshirt sophomore, only played in three games last year, burst on the scene against Colorado State, 125 yards, three scores. He he was running really hard, loved his contact balance, had a little juice to him. Um, I mean, Colorado's going to be – like people are going to be watching them this year because of Chanel, yeah. because of uh, Steven Montez. Um Davion Taylor on defense. There's reasons to watch Colorado, and he was just uh, he popped off the screen. And uh, yeah, I wish I could have picked Bateman, Qu- who made uh, an amazing. He had a monster game. Yeah, he he certainly did. Quickly, uh, Colorado, get the ball into Shino's hands a little more, more than six times. Retweet. Yeah. Okay, who made you look stupid then? All right, you ready, Rob? Jalen Hurts. Damn, we got the same dude. Uh, oh, this is a big conversation. I'm not how how in are you on Jalen Hurts? Um, I mean, it's hard to say after just one game, but he does look like I a know. significantly better passer. He does, and I I think both us uh, talking about him in the summer, 
I guess it's weird that the summer is no longer on. But anyways, uh, we noticed that he's better when you watch the tape as a passer than we realize when you're watching live games, especially from last year. And I think in the broadcast they mentioned that uh, just in practice and whatnot, he became a better passer last year at Alabama. And now under Lincoln Riley, it's showing. Yeah, it's definitely a lot to get excited about. He dominated Houston, six total touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, I think set the record for most yards in a first start at Oklahoma. Something like that. He threw for a 332, ran for a 176. It looked so easy for him. Just the perfect offense for him. Like you said, he looks so much cleaner as a, a, a passer. Like I remember him his freshman year, he looked like a running back playing QB. I, I hated watching the Alabama team because it was just so frustrating that Jalen Hurts couldn't throw the football, and he'd just like, you know, be third and long, and like, okay, Alabama's not going to get out of this one, and then Hurts would scramble and make a nice run. So I was like in on him as a runner, runner and he still has that but running back, playing quarterback ability, but now he can throw the football. And it was never, with him, it was never about, like, the his ability to spin the ball. It was just inaccuracies, mechanics, yeah. just... Lots of sailing a lot of throws. Yeah, like, but now he's starting to put it together, and I think a lot of that has to do with his throwing motion, his footwork. Mm-hmm. It's both so much cleaner. Obviously, the ball's coming out of his hands a lot more accurately and with a lot more zip because of it. Um, yeah. No, I I see a path to him being considered a top ten QB prospect, especially because um, there, there's a fairly big drop in these QB prospects after like the top seven guys. Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. I think Hertz is definitely playing himself. Has a uh, if I were a betting man, I would bet he's drafted now. Yeah, and I know yeah, that's I, an uh, insane thing to say after one game. And it was against, against Houston, Houston. Yeah, but I don't know. I just even if. Even, it, like, it's just the Lincoln-Riley effect. Like, I was silly for thinking, like, I don't know if Hertz is a legit Heisman candidate. And now I'm like, I was wrong. Yeah. After week one, who would your top th- – he'd be in my top three, I think. Uh, I think Hertz is Hertz Her- is probably number one for me Hertz, right now. Tua, and Trevor Lawrence? Lawrence wasn't even that good. No, tra- Trevor yeah. Lawrence struggled for sure, but, yeah. I mean. But he's still up there. He still has to be up there. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm trying to even think who else would be in the conversation. I'm, I'm sure I'm just completely blanking on someone. I, I guess Judy, if you, you know. But I mean, that's no, gonna I'll go just to Tua. Tua. And like Justin um, Herbert, I would say isn't really in it. Justin Fields would be a dark horse, but yeah. But no, I think uh, I think I think it's like firmly those three is Lawrence, not in this order, but Lawrence Tua hurts, hurts, and like it'd be pretty sweet to see Tua and hurts there. On that night in New York together, like that's yeah, it would be cool. Also, poetic, one of my favorite yeah. things was after the game, they were interviewing Hertz, and he just seemed upset, and it was like because they didn't finish strong enough, and uh, no, he, yeah, he's just like, like he's a very team first leadership guy, which I love. Yeah, no, that he I really came around on Jalen Hurts from that freshman year at Alabama to now. Like I like him a lot more, just as a player. You know what I mean? Not as a prospect, but I mean even as a prospect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Uh, best prospect versus prospect matchup? I, I threw the Auburn defense line versus the Oregon offensive line. Okay, I've got the specific that. matchup uh, of the day from that. Oregon center Jay Canton versus uh, mm-hmm. Auburn defensive tackle Derek Brown. Derek Brown, yeah. And, uh, I mean, if I'm picking a winner here, it was I thought it was pretty clearly Jay Canton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Auburn got their pressure from other guys, but yeah, th- that, those two... 
Hanson kind of kept Derek Brown. There was one play that Derek Brown really flashed on. It was a goal line run where he just yeah. threw Dallas Warmack to the ground. But other than that, it was a lot of Hanson down blocking on Brown and just getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. And Derek Brown is, I mean, I think consensus considered a much higher prospect right now than Hanson. Although Hanson's considered yeah. like a day two guy, but Brown's yeah. considered like a potential top twenty pick, top ten, and yeah, uh, top 15, Brown's got all the yeah. tools to be an all pro or a Pro Bowl type interior guy in the NFL. Um, but yeah, Hanson kept him completely quiet. Didn't really see a lot from Brown in terms of pass rush, and I know he influences the run game a lot more. But Hanson just really kind of shut him down and uh, I'll talk about another Auburn defensive lineman uh, in a bit that that Oregon O-line shut down but like the Oregon success or lack thereof had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the offensive line really Mm -hmm. their offensive line Uh, I still believe is the best in the country yeah no for sure Uh, it's just like all the pieces are there for Oregon but it's Gotta come together, and like yeah, like you said, the injuries at wide receiver hurt them a lot. Yeah. Uh, any prospect outplay the box score in your eyes? Uh, no. <laughs> it's funny. A lot of the time, I mean, if it's, if I'm really cheating, I would just pick an offensive lineman because there's no box score. Yeah, like I th- yeah, exactly. But a lot of the time, it ends up being like a defensive lineman who for me disruptive yeah, with pressures and just influencing the run game and whatnot. But I didn't really have anybody like that this week, and then. Me I like none of the like most of the guys on like I have a massive list of of notes of the prospects who impressed me and whatnot, and most mm-hmm. of them put up pretty good numbers. And I was just mm-hmm. I didn't know if I had anybody eligible for this uh, superlative this week. So despite having eight tackles against Duke, I went with Xavier McKinney, the Alabama safety. Okay, fair enough. It hit, it hit me. Um, like eight tackles. I mean that's pretty good in the box score, but I I think the thing with him was. They're, they're using him in a um, – not to say he wasn't used kind of in a versatile way last year, but even more so this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He was playing, like, at, in a deep role. He came blitzed out of the nickel at one point, like a Minka Fitzpatrick-type role. Um, he was just – he had a massive pressure on the – on I think Quentin Harris is the Duke's QB's name, uh, where he just slammed him. He just – his football IQ and versatility, he just can't. Hey, it was in my mock draft, so I'm going to say he just screams future New England Patriot. You can go read Rob's mock draft, right? It's all about plugs, guys. <laughs> and in your mock draft, you just plug the show. It's it's a circle of plugs. It's true. That means you read my... Wait, did I plug the show? I plugged something. I don't know. I don't know if you did. I just, I just know you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, I thought McKinney had a... In a game where so many Alabama players were impressive, I felt like yeah. he didn't get the credit he deserved, so I put him here. You're right, though. It, it, the whole week, it just felt like the guys who were supposed to show it up showed up on the stat box. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of guys. And I think part of that was there wasn't a lot of great games. Like, in terms of even, like, Oregon-Auburn was really the only marquee game going into the week. And a lot of the games... Yeah didn't really become great games. Like, one of the best games I saw was Iowa State triple overtime win over Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, this is more of a draft show than a college football show, So, and there wasn't, like, a lot of draft people in that. So You know, just just to throw a name out, because why not, and we didn't talk about him, I'll throw Trey Sermon's name. doesn't really fit it, but I liked what I saw from I him. I like Trey Sermon a lot. He, he's... Yeah. He looks more explosive this year, but just he does his yeah. effort and contact balance again. Just another running back who's gonna 
be an NFL runner. There's so many of them in this class. That like, the, the Oklahoma offensive line still look good too. Yeah, I mean Creed, Creed Humphrey those... we knew, but yeah, they yeah. feel. And I think part of that scheme too, just like you know, he's a genius, man. You know, like this is weird off topic, but it feels like we're getting another like great age of college football because like Oklahoma's gonna be a powerhouse for a long time. Clemson's like those two teams like ready to challenge Alabama year in year out. It feels Georgia like Georgia too. I, Georgia too. I would put them yeah. maybe not consistently to that level, but no, yeah. I would. I, I would. I, the under Kirby Smart, yeah. And then once Saban, if he ever leaves, leaves, it's. It's there for the. The, the only uh, issue is it's kind of like there's like six teams because then, yeah. then I know then I it's know like, but it's better than it's just being Bama, Ohio State, yeah, and what maybe like maybe LSU, maybe Texas. The wishy washy group is like Michigan, LSU, Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Notre Dame, I guess. Yeah, They're, but they just have an easy schedule in only games. Yeah. But yeah, and independent shouldn't be eligible for the playoff. Retweet. Oh, so you're BYU. Okay, prospect uh, who's being overhyped. Who do you, who do you have, Nico? Is that yeah, name? that's one of the two. Yeah, I think that's a good that, Hey, you, did you get guess that off my tease from earlier? Yeah, but I also felt it. I, he he yeah. even less relevant than Derek Brown in this game. He's mm. also a guy I don't love, but I've seen a ton of love for. Big big love, and but it's it's been there for like two years, hasn't it? And like it? he put up pretty good numbers last year, but like even on tape, I just it wasn't. That impressive. I know he's a he's like six five two ninety. They play him at edge. They will play him at interior D line. They play him yeah. as like a five tech. They will play him like linebacker. The versatility and size and whatnot. But like, I just I'm not there with him. I don't. I've seen him in like top thirties for big boards, and I'm just I don't yeah. see that at all. Yeah. Um. Who's your other? Guy? Uh, Walker Little, the Stanford left tackle, who I wrote about oh. last week as being an overrated prospect. Um. In yeah. my column, you can read that at armchairmedianetwork.com. Uh, just uh, find the armchair scale column. <laughs> but yeah, Walker Walker Little, the Stanford left tackle. He's a guy who's kind of living off that five star recruit name. Yeah, uh, he looked he, awful against Northwestern, and then he got hurt, and now he's expected to be out, out at least six weeks with a leg injury. Yeah, but which isn't good for him or the team. He but kept yeah. false stepping. I think he had a false start as well. But he is just a technical mess in pass protection. You know. I- I kind of like that you have Cohen Little together because it feels like at this time of year and in the summer, lots of mock drafts just have those like tackles that are five stars and those like SEC linemen. Does it, yeah, and like they're supposed to be big time recruits like in their first round, and by the time April rolls around, they're not what they're supposed to be. Yeah, hundred percent. That feels like it happens every year. It does. Every it does. Year. Um, small school guy who caught your eye? Anybody? Hey. Hey, I wasn't here last week, so I had to go back to week zero, baby. Just question: uh, What defines a small school? Just non-power five? Because one of my picks is from a non-power five, but I like they're not really a small school in terms of national attention. I think what defines a small school guy is if you have no one else, then go to a bigger school. It's okay. Okay. Cool. I was looking at my, my notes from last year, and I had Antonio Gandy-Golden once or twice. I was like, oh, good work. Anyways, nice. I'm going to the same position as Antonio Gandy-Golden. Different size, though. Cedric Bird, wide receiver, Hawaii. Yeah, he looked, he looked great against Arizona. Yeah, I'm going back to week zero. And they didn't play this week, so I got I to gotta back to week he, zero. 14 catches, 224 yards, 4 TDs. Uh, did we talk about him before on this? Just the difference between him and John Ursua. He seems like he's got... Maybe I talked about that last week. No, 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 we did. Um, we talked about this when we did our uh, yeah. on West. Yeah, he's uh, similar in size to Ursua, but different type of 
slot where he's got a lot more juice and Ursu is just a better route runner. But yeah, you know he could be a guy that, that's like moving off the board. A bit yeah, no, me, he's very interesting. Yeah, I, I had him as a seventh, I believe, when we did our Mount of Less, and he looks good. And we haven't mentioned Cole McDonald yet, but yeah, I, I, hey, I talked about all the week zero last week. Don't worry. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm a week zero specialist at seven runs and You are. I'll, I'll take it off next year too. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, my ch- kind of cheat one is Boise State edge rusher Curtis Weaver. Okay. Like that. Right. Like I don't consider them a small school, but I, I uh, they might you, actually I'll, I'll physically it, be a small school. Well, they are. Yeah, but yeah, I'll give it to you this week. But uh, this is your last strike I, for the year. Part of the reason was I just wanted to fit him in, him in somewhere to talk about him because he mm-hmm. looked fantastic mm-hmm. against Florida State. Just his hands are weapons. Um, he was disruptive as hell. They couldn't block him. It's like, but we didn't do like Ed Oliver ever in small school. Guy who caught your eye, right? Last yeah, year. but Weaver's not to the same levels at Oliver. No, but yeah, like again, going back to Mountain West, we both like him a lot. Um, yeah. Definitely. The other guy, tight end from FAU, Harrison Bryant. Mm-hmm. Does that fit your small school category? Yeah, but we already he already caught her. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, he was kind of like against Ohio State, he was the only consistent playmaker. The offense started to kind of run through him when things were going well. It was because of him. And his size yeah. and athleticism kind of stood out. It, it's The whole tight end class is going to be interesting to watch because... It's very open. It's it's But, you know, there's a lot of names. Yeah. Which is interesting at this time of year. Yeah. No, I, I think there's like six guys really competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else, though? <laughs> Sometimes you should think back and remember the days when you were always ready to go. Want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our special promo code armchair, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com promo code armchair to try it free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. But you know what else? When you're popping your Bluechew and getting ready, why not do the smart thing and bet on football with my bookie? Did you know you could bet? on games after kickoff because you can it's called live in-game betting educate yourself and when you do it guess what you can also parlay stuff which means betting multiple things to make even more money in one transaction if all your picks come through you'll multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet the nfl season is the best time to bet join now my bookie will double your first deposit use promo code chair to activate your offer that's promo code chair visit mybookie.ag today you play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, when you're waiting for your blue chew to kick in, start gambling on football. That's what I always say. 
Speaking of gambling on football, let's look ahead to some of the week two matchups with our spreads all brought to you by MyBookie. Um, all right, we're going to hit the nationally televised games and then do our uh, the one our one wild card game to round it out at 10 games. Uh, the ABC game, uh, noon on Saturday, the Cincinnati Bearcats take on number five Ohio State at the shoe. Buckeyes, uh, 16 and a half point favorites. What what we thinking here? Since I uh, since he looked pretty good against UCLA, I think everyone's gonna look pretty good against UCLA. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I think Cincinnati's a good football team. They're a good program. Uh, Ritter, Warren, R- R- it's a good back. Just though. looking talking prospect wise, Ritter, the ball really zips out of his hands, and yeah, they've yeah. got like quarterback in Ritter, a running back in Warren, who both yeah. look like potential NFL guys. I mentioned Deguara, the tight end earlier. Um, on people like on, the oh, Wiggins, right? The safety. Yeah, James Wiggins. If he's healthy, he missed that game against UCLA. Perry yeah. Young made a lot of plays. Their linebackers, a uh, bit of a safety linebacker hybrid. They've got some players on Cincy, and uh, honestly, I, I'm going to take Ohio State uh, to cover. But I think Cincinnati's going to make it a game in the first half. I, I think this, I agree. I think this will be a ball game. I think Ohio State wins by 17. It's, that's this is there. a good. For Justin Fields to kind of rev up, to, to start with a team like FAU where you know he's going to put up numbers, and yeah. then not immediately move to, like, a power, but a good defense yeah. that's not power five uh, yeah. in Cincinnati against Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle revenge game. Um, it's an interesting – this is a good noon uh, non-conference game. Yeah, no, it's definitely – and, of course, there's a lot of Ohio State prospects to watch. I mean, the entire receiver core. I'm interested yeah. to see Dobbins versus this defense. Chase Young just kind of take over once again. Um, Okuda versus uh, – since he was Versus uh, Alec Pierce. Rashad Medeiros. No, but seeing Ritter against this type of defense, too, I think it's important. I know he's only a mm-hmm. Richard sophomore, and we, we talked about it on our um, we both, AAC yeah. show, I think. Um, in a yeah, couple we both years. thought like, he's a guy to watch. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, but yeah, ultimately I do take Cincy. Um, take Cincy. I mean, Ohio State. Ah, Ohio State. Yeah, I think Ohio State barely covers. Um, okay, moving to our Fox noon game. We've got Army taking on number seven, Michigan. Uh, Michigan 23-point yeah. favorites. Army struggled this, in week one. Yeah, I wish this game wasn't on at the same time because I have to watch Michigan. Um, one more thing. Don't you hate as a fan of a college football team when your team has to play a triple option team? Yeah, that's another reason why I don't want to watch this game. It's like the worst. <laughs> it's the worst because it's not enjoyable, but also at the same time, it's just like horrible. Like You're just worried about your uh, defensive lineman's knees the entire game. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. That's why I did. That's why I'm going to take Army plus the 23 points. I am going to take Army plus the 23 points as well. Um, yeah, I think I, like Michigan wins by like 21, but yeah, like I I think like 20 like hand handedly wins by 21. It's just Army's going to chew out that clock, slow yeah. play it. Um, they the, Army was quite good last year. They've got players uh, that can run the triple option. They don't really have any mm-hmm. prospects, but. Uh, so that's just kind of how it is with those types of schools. I'm also interested to to see um, Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, he didn't play in Week One, mm-hmm. so I'm a, I'm kind of hoping he's playing Week Two. I, he's a their receiver core is really talented. We talked about him, Tariq Black, and Nico Collins, but Peoples Jones clearly has the most upside. So seeing that, yeah. Um, again, it's hard. Like you don't 
really enjoy evaluating anybody against a team like Army. No offense. No, you don't. You don't enjoy watching it either, unless you're playing Navy. When I when I was an Ohio State fan, I swear Ohio State played Navy like every other year and struggled <laughs> like hell against them. They did, and I was cheering so hard for Navy every single time. Never forget uh, Brian Rule intercepting a two point conversion and returning it to the house. Kind of saved our Ohio State against Navy. It was like 10 oh, years ago now, but hey. S- s- said an R. Yeah, you said a we, an hour. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving to the uh, ESPN noon game. ESPN really went all out. They picked up a uh, Power 5 versus Power 5. Syrac- number 21 Syracuse at Maryland. This this line shifted a bit, too. It's Syracuse minus 1, but... Uh... By uh, by noon Saturday, it could be Maryland minus. I don't points. know why she, like Maryland. Yeah, they beat Howard seventy nine nothing, but they weren't good last year. Um, I'm all in. I'm all in. They're very up in the air right now, and Syracuse is, I think, better coached, uh, more talent. Um, Syracuse has legit prospect uh, on on the edge, Alton Robinson, who I think could be a first round type guy. And Kendall Coleman opposite him on the edge. That's one of the best pass rushing duos in football. They have Obi Melanfonu's brother. That's just a bonus. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, yeah. No Eric Dungy anymore. Yeah, I know. Tommy DeVito's a more talented passer, though. I, I'm and, and, like, I like Sean Riley as a gadget guy maybe at the next level, but I'm going to take Syracuse uh, to, to cover this because, I mean, it's just a win. I think Syracuse is the better football team. I, uh, I've i always called Syracuse the Howard of the, a- of the ACC. Oh, have you? <laughs> Maryland wins 79-0. I'll take Maryland at home. At you college. just love Josh Jackson. But, hey, again, Anthony McFarland, the Maryland running back, mm-hmm. uh, Alton Robinson, the Syracuse edge, those are two big-time uh, NFL prospects. You got Antoine Brooks mm-hmm. on the Maryland back end at safety. Yeah, Lots of prospects uh, in a more low-key Power 5 versus Power 5 game. It's not a bad football game. Should be an interesting Could one. be a, pr- a big prove-it game for Mike Loxley now that he's uh, the king of the DMV, if you will. I won't. Well, that's what hey, that's what he's known for. He's the one who got Stefan Diggs to Maryland. Um, okay, moving to the three thirty slate, the ABC game, number twelve Texas A and M at number one Clemson, uh, the second best game of the day, I would say, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, Clemson's a seventeen point favorite. It's a it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, and Clemson. I mean, they didn't struggle against Georgia Tech, but Trevor Lawrence didn't have his best game. And Kellen Mond looked great in A&M's debut. Uh, yeah. Fun, fun, fun prospect game where you've got, obviously, uh, on the Clemson offense, T. Higgins, uh, their entire interior offensive line, um, Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years, but Tra- Travis Etienne, mm-hmm. A.J. Terrell, and then with like seeing Adrian Terrell versus receivers like Courtney Davis, Kendrick Rogers, seeing what Kellen Mond's made of. This was a close game last year too. Um, maybe the best prospects matchup will be the Clemson interior O line versus Justin Matawuki, who I know some uh, some people are quite high on the interior defensive yeah. lineman at A and M. But how do you how do you have this one shaking out? Uh, it's just hard for me to not go with Clemson. That's how Clemson. I feel too. I, I don't trust AM. I think they're re- ranked pretty high. I, I don't think they're the twelfth best team in the country. I, I agree. I think it's a Jimbo Fisher bump and like just like Kellen Mond's a well known quarterback. And I do think mm-hmm. like they're definitely a top twenty five team, but I'd say the back end of the teens. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And I just think ultimately, uh, like, it might be a close game early, but just I can't, um, like, how are they going to cover Justin Ross, T. Higgins, and, like, Travis Etienne is going to rip off an 80-yard touchdown at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Death Valley. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, yeah, you get the bump go. of Clemson at home. If A&M was in College Station, it's a totally different story. What if it was, like, in College Station and, like, Clemson was minus seven? Yeah, 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 but uh, like, yeah, that'd be tough. Right? Close early, Clemson pulls away late. Yeah, I agree. Um. Okay, the other three thirty game, the Fox game, number twenty five, Nebraska at Colorado. This was a heck of a football game last year. Uh, lots of interesting guys to pay attention to. On the Nebraska D line, you got Carlos Davis, Darian Daniels, Khalil Davis, uh, Muhammad Barry at linebacker. Almost the entire corner group with uh, Lamar Jackson, DiCaprio Boodle, uh, Eric Lee. Interesting defense. And then, obviously, Colorado's got LaVisca Chanel. They got Steven Montez, Fontenot, the boys. Uh, (laughs) Feel free to chime in if you have any opinions on them. Uh, (laughs) A guy I'm excited to see is J.D. Spielman, the Nebraska wide receiver. Receiver. A, A guy who's gotten more and more hype lately. Kind of my type of jitterbug receiver, Brandon Cooks type of receiver, um, and, and the Colorado linebacking court. Nate Landman's a guy to pay attention to, but my, my boy, yeah. there, there's a they, they've got a guy in uh, Darian Taylor who he, he's a safety linebacker hybrid, um, and, and his stock's kind of booming right now. See, I, I think this is an interesting game. I don't know if it'll be the most fun game to watch. I, I don't know. Seeing like. I really appreciate uh, Adrian Martinez. Um, See, I, 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 I'm not in on. I mean, I love Scott Frost. I, I, I'm not in on Nebraska yet. And don't forget, this is a Big Twelve revenge game. Uh, it's true, <laughs> but um, that's actually that's a good point. I, I, I'm going to take Colorado plus. I'm the taking points. Nebraska. I don't trust the the Huskers yet, man. I don't trust. I them. just I think Martinez is that talented, and I think Montez isn't. Uh, I think <laughs> I think yeah. I think Nebraska has more talent on defense and uh, both on both sides of the line. Actually, I, I think I like both the Nebraska tackles: Braden, Brendan James, Matt uh, Farniak. I've mm-hmm. talked up Carlos Davis and Khalil Davis before. I think the line plays kind of the difference here, and that's why I'm going to take Nebraska. Again, I'm always blinded when we do this. I'm always just blinded by pure draft prospects, where mm-hmm. I don't like take anything but the draft prospects into mind. Yeah. So I'm not the greatest source. I will say that. <laughs> it's a tough game. It's a, it's a tough pick. I think like lots of money is going to go on Nebraska. How do you feel about... The ESPN 7 p.m. game. Look. BYU at Tennessee. A couple of 0-1s. Why would anyone ever put any money on Why is this the, the ESPN 7 primetime game? I don't know, man. Can't uh, think, I'm taking the... Is it just because it's an SEC team? I don't get it. I'm taking the Cougs. Like, I don't even... Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Cougs as well. I mean, I think losing to a team like Georgia State, who I think obviously is going to be better than the 2-10 and 10 they were last year. They were the bowl, a bowl team yeah. the year before. But that's so deflating for an SEC school. <laughs> It's bad. Especially a team like Tennessee where it's like the fans are just going to be on them. Yeah. yeah. They they obviously they have more talent than BYU, but BYU is not a bad football team. They're well coached. No. They, uh, I know they lost Utah, but they were kind of in it in the Hung beginning. Yeah. Um, 
I really like Zane Anderson, their linebacker. Uh, I think Matt Bushman. Yeah, Matt Bushman's a, a one of the better tight end prospects in the country. Um, and, then, and then like ten, Tennessee, Jarek Warren Tyano looked terrible against Georgia State. <laughs> He's bad. Yeah. And like they have good receivers in Callaway and Juwan Jennings, but if you can't get them the ball and like. Ty Chandler's a little bit interesting, but the defense is very inconsistent. I like their mm-hmm. linebacker Daniel Batuli, but they're just they're an SEC school who doesn't know how to develop the talent they bring in. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm going with BYU. Roll Mormons. Here comes okay. The game of the night, seven thirty on ABC. Number six LSU at number nine Texas. LSU's five point favorites. It's a tough one, Rob. I. I I'm just going to go with Texas plus the points at home, but I think LSU wins by three. It's uh, a very specific uh, It is prediction. very, very specific. I'm taking LSU minus five. I think, um, although they're at home, I I don't buy Sam Elger in Texas yet. I really like the uh, the talent on LSU. I, mm-hmm. LSU, I know, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and in that case, I'm taking LSU. I think Joe Burrow can run this offense. I don't think he's anything magnificent, but he's the best the QB LSU's had in a while. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's tough. Yeah. Um, he, he's mobile. I like the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, and then, yeah, defensively, like Rashard Lawrence is a baller. Jacob Phillips uh, is a baller at linebacker. Cleveland Chazon is one of the mm-hmm. most athletic edge rushers in the country. Christian Fulton, Derek Stingley, and Grant Delpit. This is DBU. Kerry Vincent as well. Like the LSU secondary is incredible. The athleticism in their linebackers and edge rushers great. And Richard Lawrence is a game record. And then with Texas, it's like their offensive line's inconsistent. It's uh, yeah. uh, there's nobody I necessarily trust. And I don't trust Sam Ellinger. They don't have like Devin Duvernay's a field stretcher, and Colin Johnson's obviously an uh, NFL prospect, but. Against this secondary, I take this secondary over this receiver core, and I don't, I don't love the Texas defense. I love Brandon Jones, and I think Caden Stearns, very good. Yeah, but front seven wise, I think LSU's gonna be able to run the ball a bit on them. Do you like the under fifty five? Yeah, like I, yeah. I think it's gonna be like a slugfest. Yeah, I, I got, I got it twenty four twenty one LSU. Yeah, I, I, I might even go lower than that, but. Um, mm. and it's college football. They always end up. If, it, if it's a high-scoring game, I think that's a game Texas wins. It's just I think it's yeah, a slugfest, no, and LSU's more built for that. No, I, I agree, but um, I don't love that LSU offense either. Like Hilaire's pretty solid. Uh, um, the thing with it is, though, I think they're less. They they have something where they're gonna just. They're not afraid to just yeah. pound the rock, and yeah. Burrow's not gonna turn the ball over. Whereas like. Sam Ellinger can play some hero ball here and there, and yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. control the clock, play great defense, else he wins. Uh, okay. Why is this next game on Fox? I, I don't know. Seven thirty, the Fox Prime game, Buffalo at number fifteen, Penn State. Buffalo, I know they were good, really good last year, um, but it's a like basically a completely different team. I think their QB yeah. threw like six passes in their opener. Uh, there's, as far as I know, there's no NFL talent on Buffalo this year after having a handful of guys last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I'm, uh, I'm down to watch Sean Clifford and KJ Hamler 
put up points on Buffalo. Uh, I, I do think it's important Getter Gross Matos has a massive game to prove that he is yeah. one of those top edge guys because I'm not there with him yet. But uh, other than that, yeah, Penn State's going to cover those 29.5 points. Uh, I, I agree, Ralph. Just let's move on. See, that's the fun of doing the nationally televised games. Sometimes they're really not good. Uh, okay, the wild card game. Ah, no, we'll finish with the wild card game. I think that makes more sense. Uh, ESPN's yeah, ESPN's ten thirty game. Stanford number twenty three. Stanford at USC. USC two and a half point favorites. Uh, despite JT Daniels tearing his ACL, being out for the year, and them going with a three star freshman. Costello's hurt. Yeah, but Mills is at least played um, and was a five star. So it's a weird. It's a weird game. It is a weird game. Just because both teams missing their quarterbacks, and it's Pac twelve after dark. Uh, I'm taking Stanford though. Going to LA. I am too. I can't believe that USC's favorite. I don't think this is a very good USC team. You talked about it a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, offensively, they've got receivers like Pittman, St. Brown, Vaughns, but who's throwing yeah. the ball? I do like Stephen Carr, but he's not even going to lead back right now. No. Uh, yeah. Defensively, I think they're much. really overrated. I don't like Christian Rector's kind of the big name, but I don't even think he's that great. Uh, and then with Stanford. Even if Costell's out, they have a they they can lean on that run game. I think um, a little bit, and I think they're better and they have just more playmaker. Paulson Debo is the best player playing in this game. I mm. I really like Jordan Fox at linebacker. Uh, I just think there's yep. Stanford's better coached and has more high end talent than USC. No, I, I agree. Um, Fully. Which is hilarious because remember, like way back when Harbaugh was there, and they you, Stanford upset USC, and that kind of like changed everything for Stanford. Yeah, Just how, look yeah. how far we've come. Uh, I know. Over under USC's fallen. So over far. under Clay Helton fired by the seventh game. I don't know, man. They've been tepid with it. Uh, I'll, I'll take but the over now. But also now, you, it's like a little bit worrisome that like maybe they'll be like, we can't fire him. JT got hurt. Not his fault. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's worst case scenario. Okay, wild card game. FS1, 10-30, Pac-12 after dark. Cal at number 14, Washington. Washington's 14-point favorites. Uh, this is a big game for Jacob Eason because Cal's secondary is very good. Ashton Davis, mm-hmm. Jalen Hawkins, uh, Cam Bynum, all NFL talents in that secondary. They got Evan Weaver at linebacker. Yep. This is a talented Cal defense. We get to see Fuller versus Bynum. Uh, we get to see Eason kind of put it all out there. Uh, it's a good, it's a good kind of random football game. This game is more interesting than the ESPN Pac-12 game. To me, this game is more interesting than Stanford USC, than Buffalo Penn State, than BYU Tennessee, than yeah. uh, uh, no, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm taking Washington to cover the point. Me too. I think Easton really unloads. I think this is. I think it's. Uh, I know it's only the second game, but this is going to be really important. Uh, how much draft buzz he gets going forward because of mm-hmm. the Cal secondary having legit NFL talent. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hey, before we go, I'm making a segment up on the spot, and it's called AJ's on the spot pick of the week. Vetoed. Yeah, up. No, I'm ca- I'm why? Kidding. I'm kidding. You love the Elite Eleven, so it's the Elite Eleven games of the week with AJ's Wait, on the spot pick of the week. Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Oregon State traveling to Hawaii. That's good football. That that's Minus six. That's just, that's the type of game where 
You've been drinking for six hours. It's midnight. <laughs> yeah, it at midnight. You're not ready <laughs> <Yeah>. to sleep. <laughs> throw, throw this game on. Hold on, hold on. You want something e- even better news? Yeah. It's on Facebook Live. All the Hawaii games are, aren't they? I don't know. The, the, yeah, their week zero yeah. game was too. I tried watching it, and the stream was like pretty inconsistent. So I uh, yeah, get, get your shit went with another uh, another route of watching it online. Last time they played, Oregon State won by eight in 2014. Hawaii is minus six. Who do you got, Rob? Hawaii. Yeah, I like Hawaii. Oh, wait. Shit, I wasn't going to make my own picks. Fuck. Wait, why? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe I agree with you. Maybe I don't. Wait, why? I don't know. It's just going to be part of my segment. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mystery. <laughs> yeah, I fucked it up right off the bat. <laughs> you're just addicted to gambling. I am, yeah. I got lots of money riding on the... The Rainbow Warriors. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Seven Rounds in Heaven. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJMarchese13. You can follow me at Rob Paul NFL. Uh, you can go to armchairmedianetwork.com, and there you can listen to all kinds of other podcasts like our NFL-specific one, Wrestling the Starters. Uh, you can read my armchair scout columns there, or you can go to profootballnetwork.com and read my AFC South articles. Uh, any plugs, AJ? Uh, no. I got nothing going on, man. I'm kind of wide open right now. Okay. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.